Bible said in the book of James, I believe chapter 1 from verse 21, it said, lay aside every superfluity and naughtiness of the heart, but receive with meekness the engrafted word that is able to save our soul. Saints of God, without any prophetic sign or handwriting on the wall, it is evident that we are going through a very distressed time as a nation. We are going through diverse layers of challenges as a group of people. Things are not in order as we so desire. People are dealing with diverse levels of affliction and pain and concerns and people cry all night, wondering when will God come true for me? I bring a word to you this morning and I desire that your heart will not just be here but your soul will receive this engrafted word that has the potential to deliver her soul. I want to bring a word that I believe will change your orientation, your entire paradigm about how God should be related with you. Friends, what God cannot do, let it remain undone. Whatever you're dealing with right now and God says I can't fix it, trust me, nobody can. This is not an event center. It is the house of God, the place of refuge and comfort. It is not an entertainment center where we want to make you laugh. Oh, of course, there is laughter in the Holy Ghost. But this is the place where you bring your body according to scripture. Come unto me, all ye that are laboring. It is not a place of hypocrisy or pretense. Your makeup can't take you further any longer than you have done it already. It is only in the place of God that you come naked and not ashamed. Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden. Are your heart sad and depressed? You are taking stock of your life from January till date. You can't pick up anything that is convincing for joy. Now friends, this is a good time to drop your body before God. And I can assure you, God is not a man that will lie. If he said you come and you actually came and you truly dropped your body, you will go back home with testimony. If you believe you say convincing, amen. While you're standing in the moment, we're going to read the word of God quickly in the book of Luke chapter 30, chapter 10 from verse 30 to 37. A short read. And I'm sure while reading the scripture, you'll be able to extrapolate the message in question. Luke chapter 10. From verse 30. Our choice of version is the New King James Version. Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, a certain priest came down that road and when he saw him he passed on to the other side a certain priest likewise a Levite when he arrived at the place came and looked and passed by on the other side but a certain Samaritan as he journeyed came where he was and when he also saw him, he had what? Compassion. So when he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day, 
When he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, take care of him. Whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will what? Repay you. So which of these three do you think was a neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? Let's continue. And he said, he who showed mercy on him, then Jesus said to him, go and what? And do likewise. Saints of God, if we stop this um, 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 service right now, I haven't read this scripture. The message is self-explanatory. True or false? And as you were reading, you will take a little reflection or retrospect on yourself as an individual. There are many people in the category of the thieves you have seen by the wayside. Because there are two classes of people here. The wounded and the one that should have done something to relieve the wounded. So the same in this room. There are people who are fine and there are people who are going through the wounded situation. And we all came here. The wounded will perhaps go home the way he came, half dead. And the one that is the Levite or the priest will also walk away. In the reality, I ask myself a question. What is this gospel really all about? Now friends, we are in a very interesting era and season as a body of Christ called the season of good news. And on Wednesday, the man of God said, good news is not a magical expression of God's heart. It is communicated through vessels called agents of good news. I bring a message titled, can we please have the slide for today's message titled, Just a Little Kindness. Just a little kindness. You may be seated and look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, just a little kindness. In my 17 years of faith work with God, I have seen diverse things and I've heard diverse things. And seldom do I hear churches that have attended read this part of the Bible. Seldom. You could probably go to a church for a whole year and nobody will refer to that story. And then we all continue to act deliberately avoiding the obvious. Friends, I stand here to say to you, good news is real. What is good news? Something that cures sorrow or sadness in the life of any man. The cure to sorrow or sadness is what? Good news. As a matter of fact, if you don't enjoy good news consistently, after a while you will give up on life. Anyone that is constantly, or as a matter of fact, let me say this, nobody is permitted to commit suicide if he has the good news. Nobody should be frowning if good news is a consistent experience. As a matter of fact, I will say again, the oxygen to enjoy life is good news. The more you enjoy good news, the more life looks very meaningful. I have not been to Dubai before, but someday, someday, very soon, I will be there. And I was told that all of those guys over there, none of them carry the Bible that I carry. But you know what I observed they do? 
they show little kindness to one another. Am I correct here? The Bible is simply good news. For God to communicate the good news, he needs human vessel. Look at the story you read. How many classes of people came on the scene? The first one was who? The priest. Of all people you would expect to show the needed compassion and care, it should be who? The priest. But from that story, now, we know that that story is not my handwriting. And it's still our current realities. Where you see all the big churches and yet in front of them is all the big potholes. Now, I don't know what they expect God to come down and do until there is an improvement in national character. You can't align the mind of God over a nation. God does not enjoy blessing individual. He enjoys blessing a community. You know, look at what he told Abraham. Abraham, I will bless you and shall be the father of nations. It's a national thing. All this self-preservative disposition to acquire things. You know the truth? If that man on that street had died and he had a son, who noticed that the, the priest passed by? Who noticed that the Levite passed by? Tell me what the son will do to those priests and Levites. And can I tell you the truth? That son will kill those priests and Levites and nothing will happen. Because we provoke vengeance by withdrawing kindness. Look at us. A little kindness is someone's good news this morning. I was around sometimes on Wednesday and a young lady tried to, to define what good news is. She said it's, a, it's relative. And I quite agree with that because your good news can't be my good news. For someone who is looking for a job and he found a job, that is good news. For someone who wants a baby and before this year runs out, she conceives. That is good news. Is that correct? Now there are some women who have tied it up. They don't want any child again. If they by chance get pregnant, it will be good news to them. Am I correct here? Mr. Agaps, I mean, we are talking the same thing. If my wife just shows up now and says I'm pregnant, I say, what are you talking about? It can't be. You can't be pregnant. If somebody in this room right now who is having intense backache, terrible ache, and while this service is going on and he gets healed, that is good news. If someone came into this hall with his last transport fee and he's thinking in his head, ah, after service, how do I get back home? And then somebody just understood the concept of kindness and said, you look down all through the service. Take 1,000 naira. To that person, that is good news. Why are we making good news like a complex esoteric knowledge? When the responsibility of the delivery of good news is seated beside you. You know, you know, honestly, growing up in my secondary school days, the teacher I will personally avoid to offend of all the teachers are the ones that tie scarf. There are some teachers in their seemingly liberal nature. They are more generous with their show of kindness and affection. But you see those folks then in those days, it used to record as you. Those guys that tie those things, you dare cross their path, forgiveness is cast in their nature. If Jesus, who is the author of our life, came into this world 
and he behaved like any of those priests and Levites, would you give your life to him? And so, if we are the little Jesus now, the little Jesus here on earth, and we are supposed to be the custodian of good news, by something that is generously accorded you, free of charge, which is kindness, and you gave it continuously every day, friends, you will not need to say, come to my church. Because there's something called the law of attraction that everybody is attracted to anything good. Let us break this bubble and stop making God a complex entity. God is so simplified that is the rest. You know, I remember a songwriter. Ebenezer Obey. I was one of my favorites growing up. Only I hear you, Ole. I hear you, Ole. I want to hear there is no problem, no complexity on earth. It is this human element that have compounded our problems. We will not be able to access the delivery of the good news if your wickedness will not come down. We will not. God will not come down. It is a real occasion if you are a good student of the Bible that heaven interrupts the flow of earth with the delivery of good news outside human vessel. It's a real occasion. One of such examples is the arrival of the angel to meet Mary. But for every good news encounter in the Bible, is it from Elisha to Elijah? Any human being that encounter good news, a human vessel was required. And so we make a big noise out of good news like it's a scarce commodity in heaven. It is constantly in the custodian of everybody seated beside you. Now, let me define what is kindness. Unless somebody begin to think, Steve, you are talking about giving us money. No, nobody is talking about money. If you look at the Google definition of kindness, it didn't even mention money. Listen to it. It said, kindness is the quality of being friendly. Kindness is the quality of what? Being friendly. Let us simplify it as we process what I've just said. What does it take to be friendly? I don't know. I really don't know what it takes. As a matter of fact, the starting point of being friendly is just put up a smile. Whether it is real or fake, at least smile. It's a starting point. I know certainly if someone is on his road to commit suicide and you met him on the way without knowing what he was going to do, I say, what's up? You look great, fantastic. Oh, you go make a move. There is a strong possibility that that sentence alone that costs you nothing, not a couple, not a strand of hair can change that fellow's mind. Am I correct? Kindness and act. If everybody in this auditorium can just change the disposition to naturally be friendly rather than wearing a long face, by default, people will, be, people will gravitate towards you. Kindness and act of being friendly. Now, I, I, I am not, as it were, a pulpit preacher. I, I, I run the Lagos Road hustling, you know, getting everything together. And what informed my orientation of the gospel is not those that went to Bible school. It's pushing go on the streets. What I see, what I hear, and I hear their complaint, and I ask myself, Jesus, somebody is hearing me this morning. The reason why he has refused to receive the call of God is that he's not impressed with the current church state. God has called the person. He said, look, all this church church thing, in fact, it's no longer becoming... It's becoming an, an embarrassment to be called a pastor. I don't want it. I would rather do my good to the majority. What I see on the street, and I tell myself, the solution to this thing is as simple as 
Hello, hi, how are you? Good morning to you today. And the person will look at you and say, Oh, really me? Yeah, you, you, you look great. That is the gospel in the simplicity of it. What is the second definition of being kind? It said someone that is generous. Generosity does not necessarily imply material things. You can be generous with laughter. You can be generous with compliments. You can be generous with, with, I'll give you an example. You can be generous with the same smile. What would it cost you? As a matter of fact, we have been told that the more you smile, the longer you live. So invariably, the good things you exhume is really coming back to you as a person, as benefits. Nobody should go home sitting around you in church and you are so, so insensitive, so detached, so disconnected like the church is the place where they gather foreigners together. And then, he doesn't, a brother came to church three weeks ago. He said, so, because he entered the church with bedroom slippers, somebody sat beside him and left when he saw the bedroom slippers. And I, looked, and I thought and I said to myself, age is very important in life. The older you get, the more you see the reality of life. As a matter of fact, the older you get, life becomes vain. Now, you know what I noticed lately? We buried someone. If you see how they treat a human body that is dead, you will know that there's nothing as sweet as being alive. All this, I can make up, I can wear this, I can do that. It's because you are alive. When you get to the morgue, when they remove everything and naked you, by a stark illiterate. And what they do to that body, the way they even dump it, boom. You will never imagine that's the same slave mama. You won't imagine it. And then somebody is alive, seated beside you, and you stood up on your seat because he's wearing a bedroom slippers. Hey. And you are expecting good news also. I know the irony of God and his mystery. The person that will deliver you, that will set you free, can just be that boy with bedroom slippers. We will meet you on your way to Ibadan Expressway, where you're tired. You have a flat tire on the Bado Expressway. The governor will not wait. The minister will not wait. It will be that boy with his bedroom slippers. We will just be walking along the road. Say, I know you. I see you in church. Get and get and be gone. What's your headache? Yes, sir. Being generous. What's the next definition of? You know what? It is annoying that. Some people will come to church and they will trek home. Now, really, I'm not saying they should beg. But I know, I know there's a way. There's a mystery I'm yet to understand. How when a mother carries a three-month-old baby, the baby will be crying, yet the mother can interpret the sound. No, he wants to eat. No, he wants to poo-poo. The baby didn't say anything. I don't know how fathers can understand that. Now, so it is, don't tell me you don't know it when someone, because as we are seated, there is energy in this room. Either positive energy or negative energy. There is energy in this room. You know it when someone is not happy. You can tell. Kilo share. And you know the truth? We live in an environment where right now every information becomes uh, gossip material. So people would rather keep to themselves before it goes media now, viral. But you know the truth? It is well with you can save a soul. It is well with you. Now, the last definition of being kind is being considerate. You are too intelligent that you are very hostile. Why? Because every decision you are taking has no element of allowance or for consideration. It has to be A, it has to be B. It has to be perfect. Yesterday, 
If anybody ever predicted that the rain that brought sleep to somebody took tears out of somebody's eyes. I read it on paper. I read it on the news. Houses collapsed. Children died. They didn't plan it. They didn't predict it. You are too calculated to consider another human being because you are Mr. Perfect. No, 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 no. That's not how I do my thing. Ah, I know that's not how you do your thing, but I'm not in charge of all the variables. Everything in life is never even in your own control. Give allowance. No, 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 no. I, I got Harvard. I've got Oxford. I know you got all things, but please accommodate the fact that I am not in charge of every details. If you cannot be considerate and you are so very knowledgeable, trust me, it will be difficult for you to be kind. It will be difficult. Everything must be prim and proper. Put my chair here. Put my table here. Don't touch. Why did you touch that wall? Oh my God. You don't know I have OCD. OCD, calm down. Give room for being considerate. Everybody's not at your level in life. Be considerate. Be considerate. You know what someone said? It's a song also. It's a song. For the fact that I say I am tired, it's not the same as I'm lazy. Life is governed by the influences and forces of season. Today is your turn. One day, table will turn around. Table will turn. I am not the author of that statement. But it's the reality I've lived close to 40 years, over 40 right now. I have seen it. One morning, you are very boyish with money. In the evening, you can be broke. Calm down. And be kind to someone. So quickly, let us learn four reasons why you need to be kind. Four reasons. It's a very short service. By 10.40, we should be out of here. Four reasons. And if you think this subject does not make any sense. When you are, you know we have the blessing of 50 in this church. Everybody is seated in this auditorium. By default, you are qualified to be 50. You know, 50 is, is a blessing for us here. Secondly, if you are seated there and you have children in this church... By default, those children are made. We have that grace here. It's, it's not, it's not, we are not here just talking. It's real. You know. Very soon we do association of 50s. Powerful, strong women. Mama, your testimony was very inspiring last Sunday. Now, let me pretend. Let me, let, let, let me say it. Let me say it well. It wasn't the 50 that excited me. It was the fact that if I see you on campus, eh? If I see you on campus, like this, oh, not, not 10 years. Like this. I would have said, hello, my name is John Boo. <laughs> and uh, I would not have imagined that you are 50. <coughs> Faithful God. Four reasons why <coughs> we must. <laughs> my name is not John Boo. <laughs> Four reasons why we must show kindness. Four reasons. We will continue this conversation on Wednesday. All right, that's, <laughs> let's move on. Number one reason why we must show kindness. The first reason is because God commanded it. According to Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32, look at it. God commanded it. It will cost you nothing to obey God. One of the proofs that you really love God is expressing your obedience to his instruction. If you struggle to obey God, then we question your level of trust and confidence in him. Look at it. And be kind to who? To one another. Tender hearted. Forgiving one another, even as God what? Christ forgave you. So it's a commandment from God to be kind. Be kind.
kind to house help. Be kind to driver. Be kind to your neighbor. Be kind to your friends. Be kind to everyone that has life like you. I don't know who is the most superior human being. But I know that no matter how superior you are, everybody has a common lot in the graveyard in six feet. It's six feet. Farabale, you will make it. Calm your soul down and be nice to somebody. Be kind to somebody. One reason is that God commanded. Number two reason why you must show kindness. That we must show kindness because what goes around. Look at this image. Look at this image. Look at this fellow. In his mind now, he's a wicked boy. Now, you answer me. If this guy should push the other guy down, what happens to him? In kindness, what goes around comes out. The same thing with wickedness. In wickedness, what goes around comes around. You kill the pastor with your words of mouth. Nonsense boy. Look at his head. Look at his shoe. Keep saying it. You will repeat. Children and children will repeat. But it's better to say what a good effort is putting up. How he's trying, you know. And it's true. It's nice to be kind. You know, it's okay to meet me after service and say, and you made some sense. You know how that we go a long way in my life? Do you know how many palpations I got to come this far? Sweating, stressing? Lord, let me make sense. Lord, let me say it well. This is not my profession now. And then when I'm done, you come and tell me you are a Bologna. Do you know how many sleepless nights of fear and panic and being nervous? Even right now, I'm still nervous. attention to a very interesting story that what goes around comes around anybody in this auditorium remember the story of Ziglag, David and his men the Bible told us in that story that they went to war and left their family in a place whilst they were at war killing everybody and gluting everything another group of people came and packed their family away now that is not the story when they got back to their family the whole place was empty the Bible said the mighty men of David, they cried like babies. After a point, they looked at David and you are a very wicked leader. You are a very wicked leader. If only we had not followed you, my children would be alive. The Bible said they almost bring up stone to stone David. What did he do? Was he the one that carried the children? And the Bible said, to, the Bible told us concerning David. And David said, I better encourage myself. Because I will find solution to this problem. Now follow the story very well. When he finally asked, God said, "Go, pursue them. You would overtake." That was the instruction of God. So while they were chasing this fellow on their way, and let me show you the scripture because you can just write it down for purpose so that we save time. First Samuel 30, 14 to fifteen. On their way, they now found one Egyptian that was sick on the road. An Egyptian, he was sick on the road. The ideal thing they would have done, listen, according to the story of the Samaritan, is either to have walked away, allowed the Egyptian to die, or one of them would have even killed the Egyptian. Imagine he said that he was one of those that came to pack their family. But you know what David activated? He activated the spirit of kindness. He said, no, leave him. Let's take care of him. They took care of the Egyptian. He became healthy. He said, 
how did you get here? He said, my master dropped me here because I was becoming too frail for the journey. We were the one that went to loot your place at Ziglag. If they had killed him, you know when you have people who are naturally very vengeful and wicked? I go kill you, I must kill you, Nana. Ah, calm down. Sometimes the person you want to kill is the solution to the problem. And the Bible said, and they took care of the man. The man told them where the things are. And then that was how the prophecy of God came to pass. Combination of prophecy and kindness makes for manifestation. So God said it. You didn't see it. Check your kindness level. Good news. The good news you are waiting. Your driver is looking at you because he knows the solution to your problem. I've seen people slap driver from behind. Oh! You know what? Are you driving? Ah. Okay. Number two, number three reason why we must show kindness is the sweetest investment that guarantee unending dividends. Act of Apostle chapter 9, 36 to 40. Remember the story of a woman called Dorcas. You remember the story of Dorcas? Maybe we should read that one. Act of Apostle, I'll show you very quickly. Act of Apostle chapter 9, 36 to 40. Can you please bring it up quickly? Act of Apostle chapter 9, 36 to 40. Okay, make it snappy, please. At Joppa, there was a certain disciple named Tabitha, which is translated what? Dorcas. This woman was full of what? Good works and charitable deeds, same as kindness, which she did. But it happened in those days that she became sick and what? Died. Wow. When they had washed her, ready to either be embalmed or buried, they laid her where? In the hopper room. Let's read on. And since Lida was near Joppa, the disciples had heard that Peter was what? There. They sent two men to him, imploring him not to delay in coming to them. Go on further. Then Peter arose and went with them. When he had come, they brought him to the upper room where who was Dorcas was laid. And all the widows, pay attention, all the widows stood by him, weeping, showing the what? And garments. Which what? Dorcas had made while she was with them. Now, Dorcas all of a sudden became a worse. But Peter, Listen to what Peter did. Listen, please, please read that part. But Peter put them all. Now, when I mean, when the Bible didn't say, it didn't say he put the people that were crying. All the things they said about Dorcas, all the things they said Dorcas did, he presented it to God and knelt down and prayed. Ladies and gentlemen, was anything wrong with Dorcas dying? No. Why would people say Dorcas should not die? Because of her kindness. Now the truth is, some people will die and others will say good riddance. May that not be our testimony. Peter didn't know what to pray about. All he could do was to carry out the good reports. And say, God, it's up to you to decide. These widows will suffer if doctors should go. You know how many times you have been in an airplane state you could not pray? But there was nothing in your account of kindness for people to remember you. Some argued, I don't come to you. When I come to church, they didn't even recognize me. The truth is, you can exist and not be known. But when you manifest what is in you, people will recognize you. This woman died. She 
could have been buried like another person. But her act of kindness, when she could not speak, people spoke for her. For the goodness you are desiring, somebody will speak it into your life. Now listen to me, friends. In my study of this good news, as we are in this service right now, somebody somewhere is taking a decision on your behalf. He's saying, now I heard a very interesting story of a boy who wanted to go and live in UK with his uncle. And they were deciding in UK uncle to say, should Shagun come over to us? The uncle had agreed that yes, Shagun should come over. All of a sudden, the wife said, eh, but if, if he comes, where would he stay? What would he eat? There's no money here. You know, for that singular statement, the uncle changed his mind. When it was most critical for Shegun to leave Nigeria, a good news statement would have delivered it. But rather, someone with a bad statement cancelled it. Ladies and gentlemen, every act of kindness that you do, usually you don't know where it will show up for you. But ordinarily, it does not cost you anything when you did it. Doctors would never have imagined that all the tonic, all the windows he was taking, all the widows he was taking care of, every good thing he was doing, that one day he would actually die, and it would be the voices of those people that would determine his resurrection. Did doctors wake up or not? Nothing is permitted to die when the voice of kindness is going on your behalf. This wicked heart that, you know, when I read a, a verse in the Bible, it said the heart of men is desperately wicked. And truly, truly, if you've seen a wicked man, you will really fear. Nothing moves them. So what? Let him cry. Let him die. Let's matter. Ah, ah. You have children. You're saying all that. Doctors came alive. I speak to somebody here. Yeah, the kindness you have done in the past today, it will never go in vain in your life. Last Sunday, a mama, a mama came up stage here to say, I want to give thanks to God on behalf of my son. Remember, my first remember testimony. I want to give thanks because right now my son would have died. You know, I said to people, it is not entirely the prayer you pray that brings deliverance when you could not do anything. It is the fruit of kindness that speak before God. Some people, the little thing killed them. I read on news, Emir of Kano, he was crying. He held the baby in his hand. He was crying. He said, why are you crying? He said, the baby died because they could not pay a hospital bill of $5. I you know, honestly, if every one of us in this room would just be generous to lead to with kindness, somebody's life will be longer than today. I have seen the simplicity of life and I realize that the older you get, you see that life becomes vanity. Nothing is worth dying for except the integrity of the gospel. The last reason why you must show kindness and I begin to bring it to a close, your children and unborn children will reap from your acts of kindness. Second Samuel 9 verse 1. A man called David, you remember his story? And his good friend called Jonathan. Jonathan was so kind to David that when David became the king, in the course of his reign, he just sat down and reflected someday and said, is there anybody left in the house of Saul that I have not shown any good? Hmm. And he said, there is one person. His name is what? Mephibosheth. When you are no longer alive in this part of heaven, your children will enter somebody's office. You say, what is your name again? My name is John Boo. Your father is Boo? Oh, really? He was a good man. He was a great man. Come. For nothing, that child has hand from your heart of kindness. Today, some of us have no reason to struggle if your parents did well. 
Some of you have no business struggling if your parents did the right thing. Today you are now a parent. Would you try and do the right thing? That little house help that is taking care of your daughter, that you put his food in a small plate and tell him to sit outside. I read the letter Awolowo wrote. Awolowo wrote a letter to Adiola Odutola to collect a loan of 1,400 pounds to go and study law. Anybody know the story? The man declined him. Today, though we know Adiola Odutola, but we compare the legacy of Awolowo to appear. Imagine, imagine if Adiola had borrowed him 1,400. It would have been the same story of Dangote and Dantata. Imagine that Tata refused Dangote. The, is it the loan he gave him? Kindness is universal in currency. It is not the privilege of the born again only. People of God, there is good news sitting beside you. All you need to do is look at the person and perhaps so as the Christmas approaches, plan to change somebody's shoes. Kindness. In closing, lest I mislead you and misguide you, that there is a lot of difference between being kind and being nice. If you are nice, atalong pebe. Being kind and being nice is two different things. You can go and show kindness and put yourself in trouble because you gave someone your clothes and you take it to one abalist and you are gone. Let me let me balance it out. Being kind is one of the fruits of the spirit. A nice man is someone doing a godly act that is not godly himself. Did you get that? A nice man is someone kind of a godly act and he himself is not godly. That's a nice man. But a kind man is presumably a godly person kind of a godly act. Because if you do it as a godly man, the Holy Ghost will guide you. Lest you go and say, ah, Pastor Sister, we should be kind. No, be nice and be kind. They are two different things. Oh. I have not said on this puppet that you should be nice. I have said it should be what? Kind. Because be kind is one of the fruits of the spirit. There is no nice there. And so you are expected to work with discernment. 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 There are some outside you should walk out of your house because they are representative of devils. You know the difference? Being nice is what? Carrying a godly act, yet you are not born again. You are not born again. You will fall free of the wicked. But when you are kind as a believer, the Holy Ghost will guide you. So I will close with the last statement. Who should we be kind to? The answer is very simple. Galatians chapter 6. The answer is there. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10. Very quickly. And then we draw the, cl- the curtain on this service. It falls Jesus by the corner. Galatians chapter 6. Therefore, read it well, please. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do what? Do good to who? Oh. Now read for that. And I gave a caveat. There is a caveat. And I said what? Especially to those who are of the household of faith. Is that clear? Do good to all, but pay more emphasis of those who are of the same faith with you. Friends, the story of the Samaritan is a very interesting story. 
which one would you be from today? The Levite that we walk away, the pastor that we walk away, or the certain man that we stop by and take care of the wounded one? There are many people crying around us, wounded around us, pained around us. Try and be a certain good Samaritan this morning and the Lord will bless us as we do so. By the grace of God on Wednesday, we will take it further as time we permit and grace we permit to understand why is there scarcity of kindness in our environment now. And the Lord will bless us as we do so. In Jesus' name. Have we been blessed this morning? Have we been blessed this morning? God bless us. Now, as I close, I will call the choir to do a very fantastic song. It's a lovely song. And uh, I'm sure it will just it will just add more flavor to what we have heard this morning. You know, when you have to preach on kindness, you don't need to, you don't need one hour. <laughs> because he that wants to hear, we hear. He that wants to remain wicked can remain wicked. But not in this church. We shall be kind from this day forward. We shall be kind from this day forward. In the name of let's let's receive the ministry of Grace Corral as a blessing. Show kindness. We shall show kindness in the name of Jesus.